You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back again here on Locked On Browns. There's no way we could not talk about round one last evening. There's no way we can't talk about rounds two and three this evening without good friend of the show, Stephen Thomas, part of the OBR, your host, Jeff Lloyd, uh, at Jeff underscore, uh, underscore LJ underscore Lloyd on Twitter. Make sure you're following over there. DMs are open at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open over there. Uh, no, the iTunes situation is not rectified, but I do want to just thank everybody. The amount of you willing to, you know, go the extra mile, uh, going to Spotify, going to Odyssey, uh, the numbers have been back where they should be for this time of year, the last couple of years. And I, and I just can't thank you all enough. I mean, I hate it. Um, there's nothing we at Locked On can do it. There's nothing. It's completely out of our control. But the length you all have gone, I just, again, I, I cannot thank you enough we're going to sit down here uh, of course as i said with stephen thomas if you guys didn't catch it last night um and they're going to you know, go ahead and do it again tonight live stream uh you know through cover everything uh the guys were cranking last night the numbers were insane off the rails uh you guys have just you, you embrace everything we all do so much and it's it, it's almost like breathtaking at times for what everybody does and the fact the love that you guys all have for this franchise certainly helps that they are successful right now no question about that certainly helps that they had picked 26 so everybody had to stick in a while for coverage last last <laughs> evening um so but i mean it, it was it was fun the way it all worked out but steve look you know andrew berry and this is one I, I i meant to get to now steve you're a father i'm a father i could not possibly imagine going over to that hospital mm. knowing like you're 22, 24 hours away from basically, you know, defining moves as far as your job security, uh, you know, the length of time your job can bring. And you're sitting there working with your wife, trying to bring a baby into this world, give it a big kiss, give your wife a big kiss and a hug. And then say, all right, I've got to go make possibly the biggest decision I am going to make in the next calendar year. So, babe, good luck. I'll be back a little bit. We'll talk, send some pictures, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I honestly can't imagine the day Andrew Barry had yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, take even if you take the draft and the job stuff out of it, just as a man standing there, you look at your wife after she just went through labor and go, "All right, well, that was fun. Hey, I got a, I got a, I got a bolt. Um, you know, you you got this, right? You you know what you're doing here. You've been a mom for 17 seconds. You got this totally under. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, don't call. I'm gonna be busy. How do you, <laughs> I mean, and then not only do that, but then you know, crush it like he did. You know, read the board and play the poker to absolute maximum value like he did last night. It's uh. It's going to be, well, let's just say it's going to be a day he's not going to soon forget. It's a pretty important day, a fun day. And and to the parents, if they happen to somehow hear this, congratulations, because, you know, as you and I know, Jeff, and any parents that know that are listening, there's nothing even remotely compares. It's the best thing ever. So congratulations to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Barry and the new little, uh, the Barry lit. And, um, you know, obviously for Steve, for myself, uh, you know, to Andrew Barry, girl, dad, it's the way to go, mm-hmm. man. It's a whole different thing. And like we always joke around, your wife can tell you a million times she's going to leave you and she's done. But having that relationship with a special daughter, um, 
that one you get to keep. That one's going to stick around for a long, long time. <laughs> um, but Steve, and I, I mean, obviously, I saw you tweeting about it, me tweeting about it, whether it was Pete, whether it was Jake Burns, all of us just going through it and going, this, it was almost kind of like they were the, granted, Cleveland's the host, but these were the most gracious guests ever <laughs> last night. The way the picks went. And, you know, we knew what Pittsburgh was going to do. Jacksonville was whatever they did. Um, you know, the quarterback's coming off the board. Some teams just absolutely ignoring the importance of offensive line. We'll see if they can rectify those situations today. But, I mean, I think there was maybe one or two where I said, ooh, that one's not. I mean, look, we're not going to get them all drafted at 26. But there was about one or two where I said, mm, okay. But even when I, you know, we knew Harris was going to go at 24, Jacksonville, I thought it was going to be Morig, which really wouldn't have you know affected the you know the Browns anyway whatsoever. Um, but it was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, him, him, him. Okay, Andrew, just you know, here, put those four in a hat, pull one out, and we're gonna be good to go, baby. Yeah, exactly. We said that that exact thing last night. Every single pick that came down, we just kept going, I can't believe it. It, it this is yeah, outside of quitty pay. I don't think there was anybody like really high on our realistic target list. I mean, yeah, JC Horn and that kind of, but that was never really a possibility outside of pay. I don't think anybody wasn't there, you know, I mean, unless they were clean on Farley or something like that. And that's, there's no way we could know that, but I want to send out a personal thanks on top of everybody else doing things to um, uh, Grudes and Mayock, because you look at the math (laughs) and had I put that mock together, that ex- those exact picks in that exact order, anytime in the last week, the, the first 11 comments in the replies would have been no way, unrealistic, not a chance. There's no way this is going to blah, you know, that would have been the response. It just went absolutely flawless. But you look at to make the math work, there needed to be at least one outside the box pick, one, you know, quote unquote reach, you know, that one what the hell pick. And I we can count on Vegas for that because had they taken pay like a lot of us thought they would, then the Colts would have gone a different direction, which meant the Titans would have gone a different direction and Newsom probably would have been gone. The math just simply didn't work with any kind of logic unless there was one pick like Leatherwood. So I would love to send out I'm a you know, I love Vegas. Who doesn't love Vegas? Uh Viva Las Vegas, thank you guys for for doing that because once Newsom was on the board, unless somebody blew you away with a trade offer like the Saints or the Packers, only moving down a couple of spots, it was a pretty easy pick. When I love some of the comments last night from it was, you know, where they were saying basically about the Raiders was, um, is this guy any better than the guys you moved on from? So basically, you know, you just weakened your roster for another spot you had to pick up. But, you know, that's a conversation, you know, we can get to it another time. Greg Newsom, the player, Steve, uh, you know, obviously he was somebody targeted here. You know, I think our biggest concern and question was, and this is where it got to edge talk and obviously talks a wide receiver at 26. Were they going to get a crack at one of these top four cornerbacks? Right. Um, you know, Farley, obviously, you know, with the COVID, non-COVID and, you know, who knows exactly what happened. And I'll tell you right now, it wouldn't, you know, the conspiracy theory. And you know what? It's not the weirdest thing in the world. If Drew Rosenhaus said to his client, I don't know if this is going to go down Thursday night. So do we really want to be there? Because if we don't want to be there, you know, this can make for a really, really awkward. And you certainly don't want the, you know, what's supposed to be the most important moment of a young man's life for all he's put into it, get soured. So, you know, that is what it is. Tennessee took the advantage, but Newsom was there and look, checks all the boxes, obviously age, big athleticism. Uh, He's either number four, number five, overall athlete in this class brings the size that we talked about that they were lacking 
in this cornerback room. And and again, it, and this is just just trying to get seeing a kid stand up with a smile ear to ear about the fact that he is now going to be associated with the Cleveland Browns, where a lot of times it was like, well, I'm happy to be going to the league. No, no, no. Right, no. Yeah. This young man is about happy to be going to Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, I just, I don't know how, from what metric. I, I've seen people say they were upset. Now, like you and I just said, and Jake and I said, and a lot of other people said last night, take four guys and put them in a hat. I would have been happy if they took JOK. I would have been fine with that. I would have been happy if they took one of the edges. I would have been fine with that. So if you say, ah, I would have preferred another guy, that I get. But angry, there are, there's a small percentage of people out there. That are, I, I don't get that. I don't understand how you get there. And there's something that Andrew Barry said last night, and I tried to find the quote before we went on the air, but I, I, I can't remember, so I'm paraphrasing here. Somebody tweeted it out. Something about finding a guy uh, in the age guard reel that has at least three years of big production in a big conference. I, I can't remember the exact quote, mm-hmm. but that was something like that. And Newsom fits uh, It that. was rare that somebody had that age and had three years of production. Right. Yeah, something to that. Yeah. Effect. Yes. And so, I mean, you know, side note, that makes me think Victor Dimukeji is, is a much bigger possibility on day three than I anticipated before. But, you know, when you look at the, the things that they said about him afterwards, it sort of validates a lot of the things that, you know, we put all the research into for the months coming up. People were angry at us that we kept saying age guard reel, age guard reel, age guard reel it's a real thing. He, you know, he, especially early, I mean, now they might relax it once you get deeper into the draft, but early picks, they're not going to pick a guy that's 23 or almost 23. They're just not going to do it. It's real. It's been proven. Um, they, they look for uh, the athletic measurements and they look for the production measurements. So when you get all of that together, then you start uh, looking into the off field stuff. And as far as I have found, he's as clean as it gets. I, I, I haven't heard even a whisper of anything off field, um, you know, a, a aggressive, hard worker, uh, film rat. I mean, all the things you love to see in a write up from somebody like Dane or Lance Zierlein, who has inside information and that kind of stuff. He checks every single box. And yes, I, you say the word fills a need and there's a section of fans that knee jerk react that you don't draft for need, don't draft for need, don't draft for need. No, you don't reach for need. If your need matches up with the value and everything else, of course you're going to go to a position of need first before you have, you know, they needed at least one, probably they need another one, I think, another corner. So when the value matches and the talent matches and the tape matches and it happens to be a position of need, that doesn't fall into that category that people say don't draft for need. It, it, it's, it was a perfect storm last night. And, man, I'm sitting here looking at the numbers uh, of guys that we thought might go day one that are still on the board, there's a chance they could sit at 59 and still get somebody. I mean, they, they might move up. I think a move up tonight is is in the cards. But just looking at sheer numbers, the math is working in their favor again that we could be all surprised if they sit tight and somebody we didn't expect to be there at 59 is there. So I think the, the good fortune is going to continue today. I'm really excited to see what they do with these next three picks. All right, we're going to get to a little bit more about tonight here. But, you know, reach for need, that's how you end up taking Alex Leatherwood at 17 overall. Drafting for need is how you end up with a player like Greg Newsom at 26. Again, congratulations. Uh, rocked out of the box by, uh, you know, Andrew Barry uh, on probably, you know, by far had to be the most crazy 
crazy day of his life. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Steve in just a minute. Uh, special bonus edition of Locked on Browns as we finish cover up round one and, of course, get you prepped for day two. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive women designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using all in diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry, that will surprise and delight and fairly priced as you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked these out and I was blown away by the beautiful, simple ring from Lola Finehurst. If you're looking for a gift, go ahead and check it out. If you're on the hunt for that perfect, unique ring that she will treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Now, as you started to lead us into uh, number uh, section number two here of the show, Steve, again, yes, I mean, you look at it, and the first thing that kind of screams to me is there's a lot of offensive linemen available. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the weird thing last night, because what did we talk about the opportunity for the Browns to succeed at 26? Everybody was going to go heavy on the offensive line. Well, Pittsburgh did it, and Cincinnati did it, a bunch of other teams didn't. So now here there's these teams that are you know essentially looking to maybe you know double up what they couldn't get last night. So obviously offensive line is going to be you know prevalent probably early. Uh, still a, a solid group of wide receivers available. Um, the edge class maybe a little bit dried up, but do they more look a little bit different? Does a Milton Williams, a guy we certainly spent a lot of time mm-hmm. talking about, does he become there? Some thoughts here on what could be available at 59, and maybe it isn't a jump up from 59. Maybe it's a jump up to a little bit after or right around 59, double up, triple up on the top 64 in this class. Yeah, I think uh, uh, both of those things are definitely possible. A move up from 59 and then a move up from the 89-91 combo is definitely in the cards. Because you look at it, like you said, there's, I don't know how many, half a dozen linemen, give or take, still there that we all expect to go, you know, probably the top half of this second round, if at least before us. So that's six picks. In my head, I'm looking at San Francisco at 43 as the earliest reasonable move up spot because they don't have anything after 43 until day three. So they might be in the mood, but anything before that, it's going to I think it's going to be too cross prohibitive. So if you can get a couple of your guys to get to 43 and then 44, 45, 46, obviously, it starts to become reasonable. You take this half a dozen offensive linemen, you throw them in that 11 picks from 33 to 43. Then you add JOK. Aziz Ojolari, Joseph Asai, Christian Barmore, um, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall Jr., Rondale Moore, Travon Merrick, uh, Sante Samuel Jr., and then some other guys that we didn't think would be day one but have been expected to be day two and that they have shown interest in. Alan McNeil, Milton Williams, uh, Javon Holland, Jamar Johnson, Quinn Miners. He's, I think he's a much bigger possibility than people are giving him credit for. Uh, Fatu Melifanwu. You could even throw the, the knee guys, Andre Sisko, Hamza Nasruddin, maybe even Jabril Cox into that group. So, when you, again, like, like we said at 26, the math needed to work. 
the math is working in their favor here. I mean, that I just named off 19 guys right there, not including the linemen. So uh, at least one of them has to be there. I mean, just by, by sh- unless somebody, you know, has a special rule and they're allowed to pick two guys at once, somebody <laughs> of this group is going to be there, if not at 59, in a reasonable trade-up range. You know, if you get beyond 50, you, you'll be able to move up from 59 without, probably, without giving up 89 or 91, which would be the ideal situation. If, you know, pick your guy, Elijah Moore, whoever, if he somehow happens to slide to like 51, I don't expect it, but let's say he does. Now you're really, I'm, I'm interested. I'm really, really interested at that point in giving up. I might, you could entice me to give up 59 to move up eight spots for, for somebody like that at that point. But the point is not to talk about specific guys. The point is to look at the group and just go, man, somebody is going to be there. Somebody we like at a position we've been targeting at value who fits all the guardrails. So the way it fell last night not only helped last night tremendously, but it, the domino effect is going to be real. It, 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 the opportunities to move up from 89 and 91 for guys that they never thought would be available in the late 60s, early 70s uh, appear to be materializing at probably the highest percentage that you and I even talked about uh, over the last couple of months. And, and it does seem kind of funny because this board of 114 114- you know, which they have out. And of course we have no way th- of knowing exactly how that board is construed. Right. Certain players could just not be on that board because, you know, look, we're not looking to draft, you know, top 35 offensive linemen. We're certainly not interested in going quarterback early. Um, but it, it does seem like maybe that board is going to hold pretty true for them of what they value, at least what they appear they value and, and you know, covet in this draft. Uh, so that again, and it's just, it's just so refreshing to, you know, see folks with a plan, follow plan and have it, you know, come to fruition in ways it does, um, you know, with minors. And that's interesting because, you know, if anybody knows, and obviously if anybody subscribed to the OBR, you should know that it is certainly a name um, that you should have your eyes on. And the thing about it is, is just bringing in, he brings something that, you know, you're not going to get from JC Treader. And even if he maybe ends up at guard because they like, you know, what Harris can do down the road, you know, it's again, you know, getting yourself prepared for the fact that, you know, there's certain players on this roster that aren't going to be here forever, maybe, you know, sooner than later, as opposed to them leaving. But you get, you know, if you get yourself in a situation where you're not going to have to pay minors a ton of money, Harris wouldn't make a ton of money. You're going to put yourself in a position where maybe you can cash up Wyatt Teller, but you kind of get a similar type of dude to Wyatt Teller. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. minors and Teller would be a great guard duo because, they both love to run, run around. They both have infectious personalities, and they both love to just maul and destroy people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Go. If anybody listening has not, and I imagine most of you know your listeners are, are very well informed, and and they you know go look at guys, and and we get intelligent conversation, and it's great. So they probably have seen miners. If you haven't, I mean, if nothing else, just go to YouTube and watch his highlights. Some of them are hilarious. I mean, it's it's <laughs> like you said, he's one of those guys. And if you played ball in high school out there, we all had that one guy on our high school team who didn't care about the score. He, the only thing he cared about was knocking somebody else's face into the dirt. He didn't care if he lost 48 to six. If he knocked the guy down three times, that was a great game. And that's kind of the attitude that he brings. Not that he doesn't care about winning, but he just he loves knocking people's faces into the dirt, much like Teller. And he's got that positional versatility, like you said. Uh, to play center or guard at a high level. And, uh, 
you know, JC's over 30, and this is the last year of his deal. We don't know what they're going to do with Wyatt Teller. Uh, Joel Batonio, love the guy, approaching 30, and he's, I think, two years away, maybe three. I don't have it in front of me right now. So it, the IOL pick would not be for this year, obviously. It would be to, to stack guys, to get ready uh, in case somebody offers Teller a bag that we can't match, in case they re-up you know, JC leaves or, or, you know, and they can't re-up some, that's what that would be. Now, I don't think it's as high enough, just, this is just a feeling that if one of their corners or edges or wide receivers is there, that they would take him over that. Um, but I think if, you know, all the wide receivers, they have valued in corners and edges and, you know, interior defensive line, whatever, all the impact positions that they have rated as value at 59 are gone and minors is somehow still there i don't think they would hesitate in the least and it would be a great pick it would not be an exciting pick there would be a certain section of fans i mean it's never exciting to take an offensive lineman it's not like you jump up and down ever that's just the way it is but you have to take them i mean and it would be a very smart pick at 59 now uh if a guy like milton williams is there you were talking about edge because the edge class is getting a little thin with the way they're constructing that defensive line, I'm wondering if a guy like Milton Williams might make a little more sense with that inside-outside versatility because you look at the guys they have there right now and Miles and Clowney and um, uh, Malik Jackson is going to play on the edge some. People are, somehow keep missing that. They want to move these guys in and out. So maybe Williams makes it so you don't have to add another edge this year. Um you know, or you do it on day three or something like that, because you still got tack. We don't know what Curtis uh, Weaver is. I think Port Augustine is fine as an edge four. He's a he's an effort guy. He's perfect as your rotational guy like that. So uh, if, if William and I, they've shown a ton of interest in Aline McNeil, too. So if either of those guys is there at 59, if they stick, um, I would be I, they would be high on the list. But if they've done a ton of work on Terrace Marshall Jr., I know they've had multiple meetings with Elijah Moore. For the wide receiver fans out there, if either of those guys starts to get into that San Francisco range at 43, Dallas at 44, Jags at 45, it may not come to fruition, but I have to imagine Andrew Fair, Andrew Fair, Andrew Barry will be on the phone at that point, at least investigating the possibility. Look, it's something you got to do. You want to add to it. Um, you just, it, you need to keep replenishing. And look, for me, wide receiver is something you probably draft one every year. Um, if anything, you want to keep pushing everybody within the room. Um, and look, you get to a point where guys can get injured. Um, and it's great that you have Richard Higgins. It's great that you have Donovan Peoples-Jones. But it's, you know, it's if you can just keep strengthening your strength, it's foolish not to do that. We're going to get over here, just get some uh, pure round one thoughts from Steve. Uh, you know, things that he, you know, took away from last night. Because, I mean, there were some... There were some head scratchers. I'm not going to lie to you, folks. And we're going to get to all that here in just a second as we continue on your latest Locked on Browns. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 1% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with your keto diet. The flavor profile on the cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams net carb. Go to builtbar.com right now. 
Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll receive 15% off your next order. Again, LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back on the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, I think obviously first two picks, Steve and you know Zach uh, Zach Wilson. I got to be honest with you guys. As soon as he's done with junior high, he is going to kill it. <laughs> he's really going to kill it for the Jets. And the first thing I was thinking looking at him is I could bet this guy his rookie contract, and I don't think a facial hair would grow. So, But either way, look, the Jets made their decision. And the thing I actually – and I want to applaud the New York Jets. I've been dogging them for years. But now, what did you do? You put this investment in Zach Wilson. You traded up. Usually trading right. up for an offensive lineman isn't very sexy. But you want to know what? you got to protect – that investment, which is aggravates me about what the Cincinnati Bengals did. So I love what mm. the Jets did there. I think Lance in time in San Francisco is going to be a, a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Um, the, the first one for me was the Lions. Look, when your wide receiving core may not be the best wide receiving core in the Mac, you really, really got to wonder, and nothing wrong with Penny Sewell, and you draft him in, he's going to play right tackle. I don't know if that could be any more important than the possible juice you could have gotten from a wide receiver. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're looking at it as, you know, like we have this this wide receiver class is so incredibly deep and he was a perfect fit and they had him ranked as the, you know, third overall player on the board. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's what they're thinking that they can address it here in the second round with, you know, probably one of the guys that we're hoping falls. Um but yeah, I, for me, the first surprise, and I know it was rumored for weeks, I just didn't believe that the Bengals were going to pass on Suell. I just, I, how do you, how do you invest that pick and you know plan your next decade around a kid last year? Watch what happened to him after he balled out. I mean, kid was playing really, really well, and watch his knee just get obliterated like that and not protect him in the offseason. I mean, maybe they know something we don't, but I just, I didn't believe it until the pick was actually in that they were going to pass on him. As far as the Lions. I'm with you. I probably would have gone that way as well. But the the biggest, the first really surprising thing for me um, was the Dallas trade. Um, I mean, after their two corners got sniped, I could see them trading down and only going down two spots. I mean, on the face of it, I get it. You know, they got some great value for that. But doing it within the division, um, that was... To screw somebody else in the division. That was the funniest thing. It was like, okay, so we're going to team with you guys who we play twice a year to screw Philly, who we both play twice a year. Yeah, it was, it was really strange. I thought it was out of, I mean, I guess, you know, on the face of it, if you take the team names off of it, it makes sense, I guess. Um, but I'm sorry, uh, screw the giants. My bad, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, and then after that, yeah, Vera Tucker. I mean, it, again, nobody gets excited uh, when you uh, draft an offensive lineman and, you know, they're New York fans, they, they're pissed no matter what you do. So, you know, I'm sure the reaction wasn't all that great, but you look at that, 
if if they slide him in at left guard, now you've got him and Becton, and your brand new rookie quarterback's blind side is pretty damn well protected, you know. So, um, for me, the, the the first, well, outside of Leatherwood, the first real head scratcher for me was what the Giants did after they traded down. Which uh, Gettleman's got to uh-huh. be having fun with Twitter on that. Um, you know, I, yeah, I traded down and I got a freaking whale of a deal. Not that I don't like Kadarius Tony. I just I. It it didn't make sense. He was not – they were not targeted with him or wide receiver a lot from what I remember. I, I fully expected Quiddy Pay to be the pick there, uh, which meant the uh, uh, the Colts had the, – the Colts people I follow were jumping out of their chairs when Pay was still there. They didn't think there was any chance. Uh, perfect pick for them. Um, Leatherwood, you know, the domino effect, which then, of course, you know, eventually led to Newsom being at 26. What I, – I don't care – that the Steelers went Najee Harris, great, whatever, good, you know, who's going to block. But that's another one. That's another one. You went running back, like running back doesn't, and I believe it was Dan Arlowski who has a tweet out today. Getting a better running back is not going to make your offensive line any better. Holes are there or they're not. And this is, this is independent of Najee Harris. Najee Harris is a fine running back. Oh yeah. Prospect. Not saying he's probably saying the same thing. I'm I'm glad to come there guys. But as far as I can tell, you have nothing on the offensive line. Yeah, and from a Browns fan perspective, for somebody, you know, one of our most hated rivals in the division, look at the two rosters. Does adding Najee Harris tilt the needle in the Steelers' favor significantly? I would say that it doesn't. And that's not because of him, again. And then I, the Travis Etienne pick, not only was it weird, but the quote afterwards, if you think he's <laughs> your third running back, why are you spending first-round draft capital? On no, third-down running back. A third-down running back, yes. Our third-down running back, we just spent pick I, 25 overall on. And now, there now, were granted, you and I have, had. have not won national championships as head coaches. So, you know, I mean, what the hell? Like I said last night, I'm a dork, middle-aged dork in a Hawaiian shirt sitting on my couch. What the hell do I know? But if that's your just a, a third down running on in on day one, I, I just, it doesn't fit anything that we know. May, again, maybe they know something we don't. They got a ton of picks coming up. Maybe they see guys at value at other positions and everything, and it'll, he'll turn out to be a genius. But I was thrilled with that because they were a wild card. I was really afraid they were going to snipe somebody that we really wanted. As far as the rest of it, um, <laughs> man, the Aaron Rodgers and Packers storyline, I I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of it. I don't know how much of it is posturing and how much of it is serious. I it think I love the like fact really that it serious. seems like he's trying to use Jeopardy as leverage. That's the part that maybe blows my mind <laughs> is he's trying to use Jeopardy as leverage. It, but the whole thing about it is, if it's real, no matter how much it's real, a big part of it is, you know, you're not taking care of me. You're not getting me weapons. Get You know, Eric Stokes, again, nothing about him as a player or person or a prospect, but that just seems like a big middle finger from ownership to, okay, go ahead. You want to sit out? Do it. We dare you. You know, um, I it, it was... It was a or it means we pick. think you're going to sit out and we really got to play good defense because we're going to suck on O. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, you know, maybe there's you know some backdoor deal involved um, with the Broncos um, that has been rumored because that was – when Fields was there, all the Broncos guys that I follow thought if Fields was around at nine, he was the pick. So going with a corner there um, – mm-hmm. and again, Sertan's, Sertan's a great pick. I mean, don't get me wrong. Great player, great prospect. But – the conspiracy theory that they're doing it as part of some post June 1st deal package. I mean, it fits. I, I don't know if it, if it's actually going to come to fruition, but it fits, you know, something like that, that would happen. So I guess we'll all find out together, but yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm just riding so high that we got Newsom without having to move up that the rest of it, you know, there's some head scratchers. There's some stuff I really liked, but I'm, I'm so focused on being happy about the Browns. I really haven't, <laughs> I haven't thought about it all that, all that much yet. Yeah, and the one thing for me that's very, very interesting, obviously the Bears trading up, I got zero issues with that. I have zero mm. issues with Justin Field. My question is giving this regime another quarterback. That's the part for me, and we talked about this a little earlier today with Pete, is, you know, for Justin Fields, this is great. But, uh, you know, is this great for the Bears overall? I mean, do you know what to do with him? Are you going to be able to get success out of this guy? And, you know, Andy Dalton, it was a nice run as the Bears quarterback for about, you know, I think. Minute. Though, if you look at it, they really didn't have a choice. We talked about this last night. The, pace and the, 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 their seat wasn't hot. Their seat was lava. They had exactly. to do something. So, yes, I think they overpaid. Yes, I, you know, but I mean, if you're going to move up for a guy, I mean, that was a great deal for them. If he turns out to be the guy, it was a great deal. Nobody cares that you overpaid. And the other, but the, the thing that scares me about it is from a Justin Fields perspective is, you know, they can say all they want. Andy Dalton's the guy and we're going to let him sit and learn and everything. Those guys' jobs don't have a year to wait. They, 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 they can't. They cannot. And Andy Dalton, as much as Browns fans like to make fun of him, is just good enough to keep you out of range for the top quarterbacks next year. He can get you to, mm-hmm. you know, roughly 500-ish. And then you're gone and the new regime gets to take credit for making Justin Fields the savior. So, you know, they can say all they want that he's going to sit. I will be extremely surprised unless they come out of the gate four and one and Dalton's on fire or something like that. I'll be extremely surprised <coughs> if Fields isn't the guy at least three weeks into the season. I'll be very, very surprised. No, because this is, you know, for those guys, it's like, you know, the boat is sinking and it's yeah. like, okay, well, here comes our life raft. Our life raft is Justin it. Fields. They had no yeah, choice. So. 100 percent um, I hope it worked out for Justin Fields because I, I know I will continue to say this. I think he somehow got pre-railroaded through this entire system and process. I don't know exactly. Look, there may be something there and maybe there isn't, but it just seems so weird that we were talking about Justin Fields. Like he literally was playing at like Saskatchewan junior college uh, as opposed to, (laughs) and everybody wants to bring up, Oh, well, there was a poor half here. There was a poor half there. And my God, everybody just seems to forget that that Clemson game existed where the kid couldn't breathe for God's sakes. And he was literally holding his body together with one arm for about 35 seconds. And then actually, you know, uh, executing the play. Uh, Steve, always a blast here. You know, obviously we'll continue, uh, you know, throughout the weekend here, guys, just pumping you guys out with the best content we can as the picks come in. Uh, the OBR, the live stream last night was fantastic. Make sure you're checking it out tonight. Hopefully Steve will be able to keep a voice, a little hot tea, some honey, Steve, something of that nature. <laughs> Hell, a little bourbon if you got to. A little bourbon. Shh, I won't tell anybody. Uh, but obviously the team over at the OBR, uh, great friends, uh, almost like family. These guys busted out, continue to do great work. So make sure you're checking that out today. Make sure you were following at Brown's Mock Draft. Steve the Gem, goodbye. Big brother, love him to death. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. Uh, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account, follow it back. Uh, DMs are always open, as you guys all know. Again, iTunes, not back up and running. Want to thank everybody. Odyssey, Spotify, it looks like almost every other app is up and running. So I appreciate everybody. Uh, for going the extra length here, you know, to keep, you know, basically me in your lives means a ton. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.